this week on Jordan and Jake. Did you tower over the people size wise? How I mean, there were some tall blokes. Okay. <laughs> no, th- th- like I blokes. said, enough diversity. Some tall blokes. I wanted Christian McCaffrey to struggle so that we would be forced to have Kyle Allen complete more passes to other players and other guys step up. Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another amazing edition of Jordan and Jake podcast. Uh, I'm Jordan Gross, and with me always is Jake DeLome. And Jake, four and two, not bad, but I got to tell you, I don't even know what day it is or what time it is because I'm now back in Idaho after back-to-back travel weekends, and my head's spinning, man. It, it's, it's been an awesome couple of weeks, but the time zone, that's not, jet lag's a real thing, man. Yeah, it's a real thing. And for you in Idaho, that would have been eight hour difference. It's seven not? hours and seven hours. And I was only seven. supposed to get there. Yeah, seven hour different mountain time zone. And I got okay. on the way there. I had a quick stop in Salt Lake that turned into a 20 hour late, delayed flight. But that worked out. So didn't I did. Well, well, it's nice because that's obviously where I went to school. So I called up an old teammate. He took me out to breakfast. I slept for a few hours in the hotel. He took me out to breakfast. Then I went and watched Utah practice and gave them a little pep talk, and which obviously worked because Utah went and beat Oregon State 52-7. to seven. So you're That's welcome, it. Utah. For- I, I figured that. Now, <laughs> the only thing I'm disappointed in, I thought for sure we'd have some type of British accent for the intro to the show today, and we got nothing. Well, I just – I feel like that's too easy. That's like what lower, you know, a lower level broadcast team or podcast partnership would do, Jake. But we're better than that. You know, our content is so good that we don't need to do the easy, the easy jokes. So I, Zunk did a little bit of that on, on the game day broadcast, but I, I tried to stay away from it. He did have a good joke though about a left-handed pun, or left-footed punter being the right side to punt from in England versus a right-footed punt, which I enjoyed. Quite a bit. I, there, I, but, I, uh, I did. I did catch that, and I, I did enjoy that myself. That that was. Uh, that was. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say belly laughing, but it gave me a pretty good chuckle. No, I did, and it, I, that's my favorite part about doing the broadcast is when we all three line up like a one-two-three punch combo on a good joke. Oh, and when David Langton, our producer, laughs, then I'm like, oh yeah, well that was a good one. All right, back to but back to football. Uh, the trip though. Do you mind if I just talk about it a little bit? Because it's obviously I would like, a special I would like situation. To so yes, yeah. Well, I land at what becomes it's seven o'clock London time, which is midnight my time, and I say, and I and this was Saturday morning, and my my flight to come back was Monday morning. So I basically had forty eight hours in London. I've never been there. I throw my bags in the hotel, and the team happens to be eating breakfast at that point. So my first meal in london as it should be was grits because <laughs> i ate with the team uh, and i'm eating and i was like this is not this is the worst usage of being in a fork i'm eating the same dang thing i've eaten for breakfast with the team for 15 years but i got out of there and i caught the subway the underground the tube whatever you want to call it into town and hit the ground running and all i did jake if i would have sat down i would have fallen asleep like a vagrant person in a park so i just kept walking and uh, went and saw like Parliament and Westminster Abbey and the London Eye. And, and I didn't tour any of those things, but I just kind of tried to take in 
as much of the town as I can. And, and I got to tell you, man, I was incredibly impressed with the, the cleanliness of the city, obviously the history and the culture. Uh, the people were super friendly and it was incredibly diverse. I'm seriously, every time you looked, you saw uh, a different uh, ethnic group of people walking around different languages. And then I went to a couple uh, the borough market it's called, and there was food stands from every country was represented and the food smelled great. And I had an awesome time. And then you got to see this stadium. I, I, we, we didn't get What's enough time the to talk about give me the, the, give me the it, weather, the weather. Well, you're never going to believe it, but it was raining the whole time. Okay. I know London is known for its warm beaches <laughs> and beautiful skies, but gray, like a drizzle like yeah. i was wa i was walking around with my rain jacket on and i and i just was thinking should i have my so i'd have my hood up for a while but then i felt like it was over you know oh, too much hood so then i'd take it off but then my hat would slowly get wet hood but just do a drizzle but now the people were, were friendly did you, they didn't seem to mind did, did you tower over the people size wise how i mean there were some tall blokes okay <laughs> No, the, the, like I blokes. said, enough diversity, some tall blokes. I did, though, have to dodge. the t it, Umbrellas are much more popular there than they are in the States. So okay. I happen to be right at eyeball impalement height for all these shorter folks with umbrellas. So I had to dodge those. I even put on my sunglasses at one point in time when we were near uh, Buckingham Palace because I was just getting... I mean, it was like I was in an Indiana Jones movie with arrows getting shot out, you know, at my head with all these umbrellas. <laughs> and I got one in the nose. I turned around and I got one right in the nose. And this other tall guy, he saw it and he started laughing hard at me. But I didn't get my eye. I, I survived, Jake. I was game ready still. Okay. Now, did we did we pick up any street food? You said you went to a market. I mean, what did we eat? I, want, I, I need to know all I this. I was so – I mean, I, I – and. And I know it sounds, I'm, I'm glad I went. It was an unbelievable trip. But going, the big weekend we had the weekend before in Charlotte, which was travel with the family. And we, you know, you were there. We barely got any sleep. And then to right. come back two days in Idaho and then the delay and all the way over there, I kind of just had a general feeling of car sick the whole time. <laughs> like I was just <laughs> so off man and i knew i had to call a game but i mean that's what i was there for and that's the best part so i didn't eat that much food to be honest with you uh i ended up my most english meal was the morning i left i ordered an english breakfast which was some sausage bacon baked beans and a mushroom so and what did you do you want do you want white or brown toast i like so it. i said you, well, brown i figured brown is wheat bread and that's what it was Toast, I love so. the accent. It's amazing. You went the, from bloke, which I'm thinking is Australia, to the British accent. I don't accent. know. Okay. See, that's right. why you don't do it, because you're just going to offend people. Oh, and also, big news. <laughs> I, I rarely check Twitter, but I happen to in my 20-hour layover. And you know how I was supposed to go to Stonehenge, which I was excited for? Well, that got thrown out because of my 20-hour layover. And a Panther fan that lives right near Stonehenge tweeted me and said come visit me i listen to your podcast big fan so how about that jake that is awesome i'm telling it you is awesome. they there's a big contingent of panther fans in england i mean it, if you listen to that game on tv like i did and i had y'all on radio on, on the side 
but there was a, a huge following for Panthers. I'm, I'm assuming a lot had to do with F.A. Yeah, and just maybe they like the colors more. I don't, I don't know what. Well, and you know, Pirates, the Buccaneers. You're not London. You know, they they had a large naval history, so they probably don't have a lot of great feel towards Pirates and Buccaneers okay. in general. So that, that right. could be it. I don't know. But on the way back, okay. So okay. So after the, go ahead. No, tell me about the stadium. You were talking about the stadium. Well, I played in NFL Europe. So the one time when I was in Amsterdam. And I had a good view of this because I didn't play. I backed up Kurt Warner. So it wasn't like I was worrying about playing. I could look all over the stadium. We played in the arena, <laughs> which is where I, Ajax plays or Ajax, however you want to say it. And they had a moat okay. around our field, a, a complete moat around the field. A moat? Uh, but a, a, a dry moat, a dry moat. So Because the fans, they get kind of rowdy overseas. So they right. couldn't run onto the pitch. Okay. Yeah. And if we won, we got on the victory bus, which would drive in the moat around the double decker bus and we'd celebrate with the fans. So the stadiums there are very, very different than kind of what you saw in the States. So how did this new stadium compare? Well, it was incredibly different than that. It was the nicest stadium I've ever been in in my entire life. And I've been to them all at this, all the NFL stadiums. Jake, like, details, details, fit, son. I'm, I'm trying. I'm just, there's so many and I'm still jet lagged and kind of car sick. So I'm trying to work through this. Okay. So the finishes, first of all, you know, when you go into a lot of stadiums and, and it's not poor quality on new stadiums, but you can tell the parts that they want the people to see are the really nice parts. And then, you know, back in the tunnels and stuff, it might not be that this had incredible fixtures and finishes and details for example, the control room, you know, where the, the TV crew runs all the switchboards and all that stuff, that was set up with a big glass wall. So when you're walking through the back access tunnel, you could view into that. And every floor had just incredible restaurants that had the level of detail. It didn't look like a, an, a, a, like at the Panther Stadium, it all has the Panther feel to it. Sure. You know what I mean, and it's very nice. But these were these were five star type restaurants. Do you know what I mean? The decor and everything was a, hmm. a restaurant you would take your wife to. The press box elevator was glass enclosed, so as you're going up, you just get to see all the fans and the whole outside wall of the stadium was glass. You could see for miles, see everybody coming in. And here's the big one. This is when you know it's fancy, Jake. You ready for this? Yes. The sir. toilet paper had a special imprint of Tottenham Stadium on the toilet paper. Wow. That's so fancy. They, that's fancy. Now, did you it's walk on the fancy. field pre did you walk on the field pre I did. Yes. Bunch of times. Natural? Standard Na NFL okay. field turf. Okay. Just like now Atlanta has or anybody. Now was that isn't there a trace system, some type of mechanism where they yeah, kind of so Yep. The, the foot, the soccer field is six feet higher than the NFL field. Okay. So the okay. entire enclosure, so the stadium seats come down, then there's a, you know, a short wall that's maybe six or eight feet high, like every stadium has that level that the NFL field was on is entirely field turf and it went wall to wall. Okay. So there was no moats yes. or anything. And All then right. when they play soccer, they roll in a grass field that, that fills the entire width all the way wall to wall there so it's a whole subsurface for really? nfl football yeah it was sweet 
and it was fun. We won. Press box where we were was <laughs> nice, but there was no garbage can. That's what was weird. David Langdon and I couldn't figure out what to do with gum wrappers and whatnot because there was no garbage can. But anyways, obviously, I enjoyed it. I, my hat's off to the players to just get over there. Yeah, they got their Thursday, but that wasn't much time to get right. And I thought they played a great game. Give me your thoughts on the game. We got Christian McCaffrey. We've got Kyle Allen. Our defense isn't too bad. Give me the Jake DeLone rundown. Well, this was my thinking of the game, and I tried to text you some watching it. First play of the game said the tone. Okay, we get the interception. And in essence, we kind of play keep away. But this is the one thing I noticed. I think we have two young, talented receivers that, that have some ability. And it's like I want to get them involved a little bit more. Okay, I just – I guess because we played with Steve and just that dynamic personality that Steve had and that fire. And I think our guys are really talented, and I know they're young. But I want to see – you know, I just want to see a little more fire out of them. Well, I'll be honest with you. I think on the early third down where DJ Moore drops the pass, it's like that lit a fire underneath him. And I started watching him play different. And it's like Curtis Samuel fed off that. And so uh, that's to me was probably the biggest takeaway I got from the game that a drop pass lit a fire under DJ Moore. And I'm watching him make plays left and right. Curtis Samuel, the same thing. And we get Greg Olson back going again. And we can talk about the offensive line their play, but I watched Tampa live and in person week two. They're a phenomenal run defensive football team, and that carried over to this game because it was a little difficult to run the ball. But protection-wise, I thought we did a great job of protecting and we took advantage of the back end. That's strictly offense. Now, defensively, um, eyes to the quarterback and rush the passer. I mean, how great was it? Two plays back-to-back. Vernon Butler with those long arms stripping the ball. From uh, from Jameis, because I was so I was so hurt right before the half when we got the fumble and it's like four or five Panthers tried to jump on the ball and we couldn't cradle it. We couldn't, you know, lay sideways on it and cradle the ball. And then we get it back the next play. Just huge play all across the board by our defense. Frustrated, uh, obviously, Tampa's offense. But to get a win, to go into a bye, winning four in a row. There's nothing greater, and and to know you have this long flight back, how fantastic is that? No, and going into the bye week too, because you know how that is. You sit and think about where you're at in the season all all week long with the bye week, and they've got good things to think about. I, I don't know about you, Jake, and I agree with what you just said, but I feel like when whenever good teams I was on or when I've covered the team during the 15 and one run. You just have everybody taking their turns, making a big play. And that's what it's really feeling like to me right now. You're, what you said is exactly right with the receivers. I actually said in the keys to the game that I wanted Christian McCaffrey to struggle so that we would be forced to have Kyle Allen complete more passes to other players and other guys step up. And that's what we're seeing. And it's so fun to call the game, to watch the game. Like you said, whether it's Vernon Butler or whether it's James Bradbury getting the final interception of the game. Or, or earlier in the game, I mean, or if it's, you know, Luke making a big play. It's just so many guys doing great things. And the mojo right now, which is probably the most important element to winning, is the vibe. The vibe is outstanding. These guys are loving playing with one another. 
And and that's evident by watching uh, watching them on the field, watching the reaction when Curtis Samuel makes this great catch for the touchdown in the uh, in, in the corner of the end zone. Watching the sideline reaction. But to go back to what you said, the vibe of the team and different guys making plays. If you go back to the 2003 season where we made the Super Bowl with the Panthers, we were a Stephen Davis-led team. Everybody knew that he was the workhorse and he was putting up some great numbers. And then we played Tampa, who was the defending Super Bowl champs. It was our second time through playing them. And we did not have Stephen Davis. And we were, I think, 6-2 and two at the time. And we were not going to have him for this game. And so, naturally, that's the, when the question mark started to arise. Oh, let's see what they do without him. Well, sure enough, we got the win. We were able to get a two-minute drive, go down, and score on a touchdown pass to Steve. But on that particular drive, Someone different caught the ball on every play, from Carl Hankton to Ricky Prohl to Steve Smith to Masin Muhammad to Nick Goins. Five different guys touched the ball, and that's what made us really, really good that year because we didn't care. Nobody cared who made the play. Somebody wanted to make the play, and you hit it on the head. You're seeing that with this team. Somebody new is making a play week in and week out. And that's going to be crucial as we go down this stretch. Because, listen, there are going to be times they're going to sell out to stop Christian. They're going to have to. That's what teams are going to have to do. And they're going to say, hey, all right, Kyle, okay, these young receivers, let's see what you guys can do. We know what Greg Olson can do, but we want to see you guys produce week in and week out. Well, when everybody's making plays, too, there's kind of a little bit of a don't get left behind mentality. You know, you want to be part of the fun. So if you're a receiver and you know you've got a, a chance to make the play, there's you, the standard is so high of everybody else around you because everybody's working their tail off. It's just intoxicating to be around and so fun to watch. Uh, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, he's good. I thought Norv did a great job of still giving him the carries, and I said it a couple of times during the broadcast. It's so important, even if you're not – I mean, he averaged, one, I think, 1. 1.4 yards per carry. Even if he's not creating a lot of production running the ball – it's critical to keep giving him the ball so that play action works well off of that or Curtis Samuel can score a touchdown because everybody's looking at Christian and you can hand the ball to him. Uh, where do you sit on that, Jake? I, I, I hated it when coordinators would bail on the run if it didn't work early because then it makes you so one-dimensional. Well, and that's the thing is that Norv never bailed. And we, I thought we were going to see Reggie Bonifant a little bit more, but we didn't. But that was the thing. Just keep feeding him. You don't know when and where. Yeah, you could average one yard a carry. But late in the game, you get that one crease where you can take it to the house. That's something that you have to keep feeding that guy because you, you hit it on the head. Getting Greg Olson back involved, what he had maybe one catch, or I don't, I'm not sure if he had a catch against Jacksonville. It might have been just one catch for two yards. But those quick little play actions, that just freezes it for one moment in time, those linebackers. And safeties, have, they have trouble covering Greg. Little things like that, that gets everybody involved. But not only that, how crucial is it on any type of play action or things like that, if they hesitate, especially D linemen, with all these motions, how critical is it for an offensive lineman just a half step to get in front of a defensive end or a D tackle, whatever it may be, by some form of motion across the ball or motion behind the quarterback? How crucial is that for an offensive lineman? 
it's great because it causes any, anytime defenders are thinking they play a little bit slower and that's what is happening. When you watch the defenses, Chris, the, the linebackers and the D line did a great job stopping Christian, but you can watch the safeties in the secondary, even on that check down pass to McCaffrey or that, that he scored on, they forgot about him. And I talked to Travell Wharton after the game, assistant line coach. And he said that the, scheme of the bucks on some of those plays was to have the nose guard and man and man coverage cover christian out of the backfield because christian will stay in and pass protect so well so there's so much happening that for the defense to even lose christian which should be the feature of their defense all that backfield action christian's in the game every single play and kind of forget about him norv i mean kyle allen is fortunate to have norv because he's really drawn up some great schemes to put him in position to win but i think we got to talk to about Marty Herney, our scouting department, Coach Rivera. To have the depth, Jake, it's, it is impressive to watch our defensive line. We've got eight guys that can affect the passer, and there's teams in the NFL that don't have four. I mean, our defensive line and Coach Washington and Sam Mills, they, they're doing so great. And that's – I said on the radio, and I, you know, I believe it to be true, if Christian McCaffrey is going to become the MVP in, in the – talk at the end of the season it's going to come from our defense playing so well to keep offense giving the offense more and more chances to score and that's what they're doing right now they they are and i can just picture if we're going to talk good about marty how red and purple you think his face is turning right now if he would actually hear this <laughs> I mean, oh, he does not like anybody he'd rather you talk bad about him than good he gets so <laughs> yeah he gets so he blushes so right. I might send no. it to him just so I can see his face. Now, you're right about that because think about it. If our defense is not so so good or getting getting turnovers and forcing teams on on um, to punt the ball to us to get us the ball back, then how many less opportunities does Christian McCaffrey have? Does Kyle Allen right. have to be able to right. run the – and that's exactly right. But to have depth, to have the rotation of players that we have to keep fresh – guys to go through the course of the season is going to be critical extremely critical yep. because even like i'm watching bruce Irvin out there and it's unfortunate that he had a hamstring injury and i was told the hamstring injury was from a practice where he was chasing a receiver covering a slot receiver down the field running after him that's the energy right. that he brings and that's where he kind of yep. yanked it a little bit but to get him back and we rotating so many guys but look at the young guys that we're playing. You know, you look at a Mario, uh, a Super Mario, a guy that was out of Troy University. I, I look at, you know, I, I keep, I'm sorry. The more I watch Burns play, yes. I, I just can't believe he fell that far in the draft. And I know he was a first round pick, but to have that length and size. We, we and, he's got a, and he's got a clubbed up hand, too. He's kind of one handed <laughs> out there. It's awesome. But. But, Listen, but man, he, so many, he, he's there, blocked two punts this year. I, 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 he, he, he's affected two punts. But the stand, okay, anyway. so what, what, what I said earlier, though, the standard's so high. All those D linemen are racing against each other to get sacks. So you think that doesn't elevate the level of play around you? If, if you've got dogs out there just taking the plays off, it doesn't feel as peculiar to not give 100% effort all the time. You know what I mean? But the standard's just so high. But, dude, there's there's so many great things to talk about right now. I'm just going to enjoy it. It's bye week, right? We don't even need to talk about the Niners, which is going to be a tough matchup. 
week after this. I'll be out there for that game. But fortunately, the Niners got to come all the way to Washington this week. So hopefully they're a little messed up on their time zones as well. But give me your give me your bye week plans and then I'll let you go, Jake. My bye week plans will consist of a decent amount of horse racing, Jordan, to be very honest. We have horses running <laughs> Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And it could be a big week. You know, um, we have – are you ready for this on Thursday night? I'm ready. We have – okay, we have a, a filly by the name of Flash Hands that's running. Do you know what Flash oh, Hands means? Oh, nice. Do, do you know well, what I Flash know what Hands means? I know what it means to me. Okay. I know so what it means to when me, a, but I don't know if it, what – If a receiver is running a route and it's, it, it's a mm-hmm. – uh, and he sits in a zone – and he wants the ball. He's not going to continue running. He's going to flash his hands. How about that? There you go. And then on fr- like and Friday on Friday night, we have another two-year-old filly. Her name is Film Study. Don't need to get into oh. much detail about Film Study, but you know no. that's a typical. You're good, but term. you're better at naming horses than racing them. I think because you're you're world class horse namer. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and then Saturday night <laughs> we have. The one and only X Clown. Yeah, X Clown. That one's got to win. Will you please get X Clown to win and tell me all? You know, so next week, remind me. We need to talk about this. See how all these three fillies well, did. I hope. I, all right. I hope. Well, there's two fillies and one gilding. So X Clown oh, is very gilding. good. He, he has three starts. He has two wins in a second. So he's good. Anticipate right. him running well. Now, if all we right. don't run. Well, this weekend we're not going to talk long about it next week. Let's just be very honest. Okay, I'll be down in the. We're on to we're on to the Niners. We're on to the Niners. Let's go. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Enjoy. Good luck with the horses. I'm gonna try to go camping, but it's supposed to rain, so we'll see. Well, I think we'll get uh, get some rest. How about that? Uh, I try to, but life there's too much life to be had, man. It's hard. It's hard. I can't go to sleep. All right, I'll see you next All week. All right. Take care.